That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. A Dear Media original podcast. Today's episode is brought to us by BetterHelp. I am such an advocate for therapy. It has truly changed my life. And also I use so many themes in my practice and in this show that have to do with skills that you learn in therapy, whether it is self-knowledge or self-compassion or understanding your triggers, what makes you tick and not so that they never trip you up so that they can trip you up less and you can kind of sidestep them and and understand how to help yourself out better in the future. And I just think it's so important, but it is also really hard to find a therapist. I think that everyone loves their therapist. And then when it comes time to actually getting one, it's hard to actually like find the right person. If you are thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online and it is designed to be convenient and flexible and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a very brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist. But here's the thing that I love the most. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. And I think that that's really important because they really want you to find someone that is the right fit for you. There are a ton of therapists out there that are great for other people, but like you really want that to be a relationship that is incredibly meaningful and incredibly helpful. So I love that they know that and let you switch until you find the right one for you. One of the things I think therapy really helps is getting out of negative thought loops, which is so important just overall for mental health. And also in my practice, it is something that we work on. And I think that that is so important. So get a break from those unhelpful thoughts with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash instincts today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash instincts. Hi, welcome to Good Instincts. I'm Shira Barlow, but you may know me as the food therapist. Join me every Monday through Friday for bite-sized episodes designed to help you close the gap between where you are right now and where you want to go. This should feel good, like really good. And it will, I promise. So I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, as I often do with my friends, like people will bounce ideas off me in terms of food and what they're doing and, you know, telling me their new goals and stuff like that. And I was offering my friend some advice. So a little background on her. She works on set for like hours and hours and hours a day. And what happens is like for anyone that is kind of, I mean, it basically is like she's in a food desert because if she doesn't pack 
something for herself, then she's basically beholden to whatever they have on set. And that can really range from something kind of great to something not so great with like not so great options. And also like there's a lot of opportunities for like, you know, at the end of the day, someone will bring in like a huge thing of croissants that happened to her the other day. And it's great and it's exciting because they had this, you know, whole great day and it was a huge win for them. And the thing I've always talked about, and I'll say it again, is that indulging because it is something that is worth it to you and you really want it and that feels really good to you. That is always something I'm going to promote, put it on a plate, enjoy the shit out of it, and then move on. But in this case, and I think for anyone that works in a setting like this, there tends to be some like indulging in this way of like, it was there. And that's what she was saying to me. So I was giving her some advice on things that she could like keep in her bag and prep for herself the night before. And a lot of these things are things that we've talked about a ton. We've done episodes on bag snacks, travel snacks. We talked about all those things. In addition to all those things, I was telling her that one of the things I really love to do is I love taking an avocado and taking furikake and putting the furikake on the avocado. Sometimes I'll add some sea salt to that. The furikake I like has salt in it, which is great. The thing is that in terms of a snack, it really can solve two problems, I think. One is that in some cases we want it to truly like bridge us from breakfast to lunch or lunch to dinner. Or in some cases we just like want, you know, the flavoring of something because we're like feeling like a snack. So in this case, I was trying to give her options for things that like would actually bridge her because an avocado has a good amount of healthy fat extra credit if you add protein or fiber. But having something with healthy fat like that does really help, especially with the sesame. Then you're getting a little bit of protein. So this was all via text. Now, I had given her my original suggestions and then I had given her the furikake suggestion on text. And she wrote essentially back to me like, oh, cool. I typically don't have a ton of seaweed because I'm kind of allergic. Ha ha ha. But this sounds really good and I'm going to try it. And I was like, "Er, no, if you're semi-allergic, why would you try it? Like, why would you, why would you choose to have this? Why not just be like, I'm allergic. What else you got? And, you know, it led us down this like interesting text chain. And I essentially said to her, your body is telling you how it wants to be loved let's listen. And I really meant that because I think the reality is that we all have our own kind of sensitivities to things, some more than others. I'm very sensitive. But I think that typically we tend to kind of ignore them or treat them as kind of like, oh, I'm receiving this information from my body, but it's, I'm sure it's fine. And she's telling me to do it. So like, it will be fine. And that is the piece that keeps on coming up also about bioindividuality, where something that would work really well for me or like a famous person that's talking to you on the internet or some hot person in a sports bra might be telling you what they eat in a day and what really works for them. But if that doesn't work for you for X, Y, and Z reasons in her case, because it like she feels like she's semi-allergic to it, then that's not a great option for her. But she was laughing because she was like, yeah, why did I so quickly like abandon this thing that I knew about myself in service of like, oh, well, if Shira tells me to do it, I should just do it essentially. And, you know, there's even that meme about it that's essentially like, is this thing that always bothers my stomach going to bother my stomach today? And I think we 
take kind of these unnecessary, I guess, risks in that way. And I think that it goes back to this idea. You know, we talked before a couple of weeks ago about taking calculated risks and that not everything has to be in service of wellness. And, you know, not every choice we have to make has to be the thing that's going to like feel the best for us ultimately, because we're all grownups and we get to decide. But I think in this case, something that would essentially like be for health ultimately, why choose a snack when there are so many other options out there just because you're kind of getting that information from someone else who is like, like I'm obviously a, a resource and I know what I'm talking about, but but I was recommending something to her that wouldn't have worked for her, but I, I didn't know that. And so she was just kind of like, yeah, totally, I'll do that. But I think this idea of our body telling us how it wants to be loved and it being up to us to kind of listen. And I think that barring like real, true, terrible allergies, you know, it's up to you when you want to kind of go back on that and have seaweed because, you know, some sushi dinner is really important to you. And depending on what that means for your body later that day or the next day, if that's worth it to you, then, you know, you have to ultimately make that choice. But I think that in the spirit of, keeping things in your bags and on a day-to-day level, I definitely wouldn't do things that you know are making it hard for you to feel really great. So I was thinking a lot about this and I was thinking about a lot of people are still doing it. A couple of years ago, people were doing it more was this idea of the all cat test, which is essentially a food sensitivity test. And I have mixed feelings about it because it is a very, very, very sensitive test. And What I mean by that is that I think it can have false positives. So I think that in some cases, it can show you that you're sensitive to foods that I don't think you actually are. I've seen that a bunch pop up in my practice. My other issue with that is that it can be expensive. There is like a 200 food panel, which typically costs between like $400 and $600. But then there's other versions that can run anywhere from like $200 to $1,000. And like, that's not realistic for everyone. And the thing is, it includes everything from like foods and molds and food additives and colorings and preservatives and even antibiotics and anti-inflammatory agents and herbs and stuff. So it really runs the gamut. And I, I really do have mixed feelings about it because again, I think it can be overly sensitive. And then I think it can make you feel like you can't eat anything. Like I've had people come to me and be like, I'm sensitive to lemon. I'm sensitive to this. And in theory, if you take it when you're in a really inflamed place, it could really show up as everything, as like sensitive to basically everything. But on the flip side, many, many years ago, I was going through a similar thing and I was like, great. I had this terrible perioral dermatitis on my chin and I, I took these tests and I found out that I was really sensitive to eggs and almonds. And they were right. It also said that I was sensitive to some other things that I ultimately kind of like knew intuitively that that wasn't the case. But the eggs and almonds were like very high. And when I took them out of my diet, it really changed my skin dramatically. So I'm mixed about it because it's been actually incredibly helpful to me, but I think it can be kind of misleading, especially if you don't have a practitioner kind of walk you through that. And then I've always been really open to kind of like the skepticism of it all. And in 2010, there was a researcher who reported that basically they sent out four blood samples to the same person for a 50 food alcat testing. And on the first day, they submitted two samples 
under two different usernames, essentially. And one week later, they submitted two more under a different names. And the results came back really randomly. Like they should have been all identical because it was all the same blood. And it came back really randomly. And that was like a real eye opener for me because I was like, ooh, is this all quackery and bullshit? And the reality is, is like, again, I took this and it helped identify this thing that I had no idea because eggs and almonds are incredibly healthy for you. And man, I am so bummed about this because they are in so many like healthy, cool things. And so I had a really hard time identifying them. I had already found out that I was celiac and now I had already taken out gluten from my diet. And so I was kind of like, what is wrong with my skin? Why is this happening? And so it really helped me identify this. But on the other hand, I will say there is there is skepticism about this test. But I I wanted to kind of bring it up because it is something in the zeitgeist when you're talking about food sensitivities. But I guess the point of all of this is we all have things that we know that we are sensitive to, whether we're supposed to be sensitive to them or not, things that just don't agree with us. And I think it is up to us to at least listen to our bodies and the way our bodies are telling us that they want to be loved. Again, we don't always have to make ultimately the right call, especially if it's a low-grade sensitivity. But I think it's worth us listening because, you know, our bodies are telling us a lot and it's been incredibly valuable to me. And I think even like grown people like my friend and myself included, sometimes it's really helpful to be like, oh yeah, I got to listen to what my body is actually telling me, not what I'm hearing on the internet or I'm hearing from my friend who's a practitioner. So let's listen to our bodies and really take note of that information. And again, focus on the bio-individuality. So I am so curious to know how you guys feel about this. If you guys have abandoned kind of what your body was telling you, how you're dealing with it now, come find me on Instagram at Shira underscore RD. Tomorrow, we are going to be talking about something a little bit controversial when it comes to dark chocolate. I will see you there. Thank you so much for listening to Good Instincts, hosted and written by me, Shira Barlow. You can find me on Instagram at Shira underscore RD. Good Instincts is a Dear Media Daily. Today's episode is brought to us by BetterHelp. I am such an advocate for therapy. It has truly changed my life. And also I use so many themes in my practice and in this show that have to do with skills that you learn in therapy, whether it is self-knowledge or self-compassion or understanding your triggers, what makes you tick and not so that they never trip you up so that they can trip you up less and you can kind of sidestep them and and understand how to help yourself out better in the future. And I just think it's so important, but it is also really hard to find a therapist. I think that everyone loves their therapist. And then when it comes time to actually getting one, it's hard to actually like find the right person. If you are thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online and it is designed to be convenient and flexible and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a very brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist. But here's the thing that I love the most. You can switch therapists at any time 
for no additional charge. And I think that that's really important because they really want you to find someone that is the right fit for you. There are a ton of therapists out there that are great for other people, but like you really want that to be a relationship that is incredibly meaningful and incredibly helpful. So I love that they know that and let you switch until you find the right one for you. One of the things I think therapy really helps is getting out of negative thought loops, which is so important just overall for mental health. And also in my practice, it is something that we work on. And I think that that is so important. So get a break from those unhelpful thoughts with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash instincts today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash instincts. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.